you please stand up so we can read the word of God? I'm going to be reading it from Romans 8, 12 through 17. So then, brothers and sisters, we're not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies together with our spirit, we are God's children. And if children also heirs, co-heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, we are here gathered this morning as your body, as your people. And especially we're here to worship you, to come to you, to kneel before you, Jesus, and behold your beauty, to exalt you and to proclaim you, Lord. As we come here, Lord, we also come thirsty and hunger for your word. We need you. We desire you. Please, Lord, speak to us today. That they will not hear a man, but they will hear your word, Lord. And that you may be glorified by it. Your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may have a seat. So, good morning. As you know, my name is David. I have the privilege and the honor to share the word of God with you today. And today I'm going to mostly be in Romans 8, 12 through 17. If you have your Bibles or you have it on your phone, pull it out. We're going to be parked there, Romans 8, 12 through 17. And um, it's, it's really cool the experience that I've been going through because three, four months ago I started feeling uh, an actual desire to, to proclaim the word of God, to preach the word of God. And, and that desire wasn't just to proclaim it in the air, but it was to a people, to you guys. And as I started going through the process of coming up with what I wanted to say, um, God gave me a verse. It was Romans 8, 17. And, and I was sure that I was, what I was going to say, and I was like, okay, I got this. This is easy. I sit down. I read my verse. Turns out, that's not what God wanted to say. So I'm like, oh, wait, so it's not a, what I want to say. Okay. And I started reading, and I started reading the context, and I had to expand it to, to the, the passage that we're going to be in today, which is 12 through 17. And I wanted to say what I wanted to share with you guys, but God was like, uh-uh. I want to say something to my people. You're going to be a channel. And I'm like, okay, I, I understand what you're doing. Um and so I landed with a passage, and I just read the text, and the text spoke. And that's what we're going to do today. Um, and, and, and it's sweet that God gave me specifically Romans, and specifically Romans 8, because one of my beloved chapters, I, I highly encourage you that you read and reread this, this chapter. Actually, I encourage you to memorize it if you can. But Romans is a letter. It's a perfect argument a perfect explanation of the gospel of Jesus Christ of the good news of Jesus Christ and as 
as I started going through these passages and he's giving me the message, I understood and I said that there's no way that what is portrayed here, what Paul is telling us in these verses, that will be truly understood if we do not understand in a clear way what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. And, and it's, it's a deep well. We can be here for hours just talking about what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. And uh, I want to just very quick overview of what the gospel is. And I, I'm just going to put it in, in, in four blocks or four movements, if you will. We have creation, we have fall, we have redemption, and we have restoration. With creation, God created in his good pleasure everything that we know. The stars, the earth, and then he created us humans. Not just so we will, he will just be good with what he created, which it was, but so that there will be a purpose in those people he created. For him to love us and for him to for us to love him. And in, and in that beautiful communion that he created with men and women, there was something that happened. Most of us know the fall happened. We went against what the good God had for his creation, the main purpose for why he created us. We fall short of what he created for us, so we fell. And then something happened. Sin was born. And with sin, death was born, specifically eternal death which means eternal separation from our creator we were not created on a void we were created with a purpose by a designer by an architect and we fell short of that and because of that we separated from him but from before creation when he was designing everything he already knew that he had a plan to redeem his people to bring them back to him and that's exactly what he did and, and it's, it's incredible if you really think about the the story of the gospel is that God himself became flesh to do what we couldn't do for ourselves. And he did. Jesus was born, was incarnate. God in the flesh, 100% man, 100% God. Lived a perfect life. And as, a, as an innocent sacrifice, took the punishment that was reserved for us. And he didn't do that because he had to. He did it on mere grace because that's who God is. It's a graceful, compassionate, loving God and Jesus took that brought it to the cross nailed it once and for all resurrected the third day and defeated death by doing that in sin and, and called his disciples and his apostles and us today who call in the name of Jesus to believe in him that was the requirement faith in Jesus you believe that he's the Messiah. He's the one that rescues. We place, we put our trust on him, not on what we can do. Even if we wanted to, we could not fill that gap and reconcile with God. And that's, that's the beautiful gospel. But it doesn't end in redemption. There's a restoration, which he will make everything right. He will give us a glorified body with him. He will make a new heaven, a new earth. And all of the, the, the results of sin and death in this world will be once and for all terminated for all of those who call in the name of Jesus. It's a beautiful hope that we have, church. But we stand right here in redemption. We talk about creation, fall. We stand here in, in redemption. Believers or not, if you're a follower of Christ, you stand in redemption. If you're not a follower of Christ, you stand in redemption in the sense that you are 
haven't gotten to the place of restoration. So there's, there's a chance. So there's two things I want here. I want us who call on the name of Jesus, who have placed our trust in Jesus, to listen. What is that God is telling us? And for you who have not believed in Jesus, put your trust in him. This is an invitation. But I want you to tune your ear and hear what is it that God is inviting you to. But the gospel will not be complete without a specific thing that happens, an, an event, something that God gave us, a gift, which happens at redemption. At the moment we believed, in that moment, he seals us, stamps us with the Holy Spirit. He set us apart, and with that, this is incredible, he indwelt us with his Holy Spirit. I have thought for the longest time that, you know, you, I, I have a clear doctrine of the Trinity, don't get me wrong, but I, I have, in my mind, it's kind of like God the Father is on the top, he's, you know, the biggest one, and then Jesus is a little below, you know, he, he's his son, and so he, he's also powerful, and then the Holy Spirit is around here in the bottom, like, you know, he's a helper, he, he you know, he helps people, um, but that is not what the Bible teaches, and that's what, not the truth. The Holy Spirit is up there with God. He's God. Jesus is God. So listen to this. Tune it up. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of you. It's mind-boggling, especially for me, because I'm like, how a person, like, I don't deserve anything, that the Holy Spirit, that the eternal God will actually indwell and use me as a tent. I don't understand it, but it's the truth. So that's the message that we have today. That's what Paul wants to tell us today. Not only that we're indwelled by the Spirit, but what happens to those who have been indwelled by the Spirit. And that's the title of the message. And, and it's, a, it's a call to action. So this is, this is an encouragement, church. This is it's gonna maybe sound like, oh, you're coming down upon us. No, this is an encouragement. This is life. This is where, where we become who we're meant to be. And, and the title is, Be Led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. To do this, I'm going to break it out into four easy points from 12. Again, Romans 8, 12 through 17, if you're there with me. And, and it's, it's very simple what Paul tells us. There's going to be a command, an action from God. It's not a suggestion. And there's going to be three truths from that for what it means to be well and led by the Spirit. My first point is... Put sin to death by the Spirit and live. In verse 12 through 13, it says, So that brothers and sisters were not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. This is a command, a clear command for those who have placed their trust in Jesus Christ who have been indwelled by the Spirit to be active, to be put in sin to death. But it's important to realize something. It's not by our strength. We can't do it. We truly can't. That doesn't mean that we're not supposed to be active about it. But again, we're talking about being led by the Spirit. This is the first one. It's a command. It requires our action. <laughs> The Spirit lays the ground. He gives us everything so that we might live holy lives unto God. But 
we must be keeping in step. That's how Paul says it. Keep in step with the Spirit. He also uses a lot of um, putting on Christ and his righteousness and taking off sin. And that's, that's, that's our, our daily lives as believers from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed. Our, we have good desires that turn into sinful desires. We, we desire good things but twist them on the, on the way and we want to be served. It's, it's our nature because of what happened in the fall. But what, what the beauty of this command is that we are not obligated any longer. We have our shackles have been broken. We are not under the domain of sin anymore because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And, and I understand that this, this, this big put sin to death by the Spirit sounds very church-like or very like okay yeah that makes sense but what 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 is what does like look like and i'm going to give you very simple very simple examples for you to apply and in a, in a room this big probably what i'm going to mention is going to catch your ear and i'll start with me i i have um as a and this is not an excuse but it's true as a latino man in venezuela specifically we use very bad words in, a, in each sentence. Like, I'm not even kidding. Michaela can attest to that. And, and sometimes it's like five words in a sentence. It's, it's really bad. And I, when I became a believer, I started to be like, well, but, but you know, I, I love God and like, I love Jesus. Like, what's, you know, I'm not, I don't mean any harm. Like, the word that I'm saying doesn't carry any bad connotation. I actually love the person who I'm saying that to. And... That's our carrying over to my second language, English. And all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, not, not speak very well and started to get convicted by it. Um, and it's simple. How do I put to sin to death with the way I speak? I speak life, I don't speak death. I encourage, I don't use the same word to curse. I, I don't use the same word to bless. I only bless. Because I'm an ambassador of Christ. That's an example of putting sin to death, people. Another example, something that we all probably struggle with, and probably most of us, lost. Lost of the heart. Sometimes it has different implications in each of our lives. A, a very clear one that we can all know, it's, it's, it's literally porn. It's something that, that, that it doesn't just affect believers. This is worldwide. It has been recognized that it's poison. Well, how do I put sin to death in this terms of lust? Well, first of all, your, your, main, your main tool, your main weapon is prayer. You got to get on your knees. You can't. It actually will cripple you if you don't come to God for help. That's what we're talking about. The Spirit helps us. But through prayer, through confession, through accountability. And I could probably keep naming, but I want you to take this because I, I want you to see this command as something that what it says, it brings you to life. This is not just so you're a goody goody or you're a morally upright person. It's so that you will actually have life. To move to my second point, it's going to be a commentary on verse 12 and 13. It, it, I put it as those who are led by the Holy Spirit are God's children. Those who are led by the Holy Spirit 
are God's children. We're singing it right now, and, and it's, it's a beautiful reality. And that's the title of my message and my main point that I hope at the end you guys hear it and apply it. Be led by the Spirit. But the verb led, it sounds like, I, I'm, I'm very practical, so I, I always ask, like, what does that mean in my everyday life? What does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Do I get goosebumps, or what is it that I do? Well, the, the verb in the original Greek, it's, it's a passive verb, which means that he's the agent. The Holy Spirit is the agent for what? For obedience. He leads us into obedience of his commands. And, and, and the reason I said it was a commentary on 12 and 13, because how do we put sin to death as a command? How do we obey that command? Is because the agent, the Holy Spirit that lives in us, allows us to be obedient and is the result of his ministry in our hearts. It's beautiful, people, what actually the Holy Spirit of God does in our hearts as he transforms and molds us. Calls us, desires that before we didn't have, now we do. Love the word of God. We love to pray with believers. It's just, it, it really transforms us. But again, it's, it's a passive verb. The Holy Spirit is the agent. Because of what he does, we are able to be obedient. But we must, again, keep in step with the Spirit. It's an attitude of being ready to obey God, of wanting to obey God. And he's the one who gives you that desire, people. Two examples. I, like I want to be as practical as I can. Is as a body of believers, New Hope, our church family, we are actively being led by the Spirit because we're being obedient to the Spirit. How? We have felt, it wasn't just Dave and Michelle that decided one day, well, let's just pack our bags and just move to Taunton and to the center. It, it was through a, a process of prayer and asking the Holy Spirit to lead us. And that, this is what he did. He opened up the door. He brought the right people. He connected everyone. And now we're taking that step of obedience. He put everything for us to do it because it's insane and, and it keeps happening. There's more and more stories of how God is actually in, in this we're taking the step how do you take a step of obedience by selling a chapel for 38 years 40 years i don't know the ministry and the and the, and the, and the beautiful gospel has been proclaimed lives have been transformed here but to take that and to move it to a new place to a different setting to a different people to a different need to the lost that is the holy spirit people the body of believers right now. You are being led by the Spirit. You are being obedient to God. Because you voted. It wasn't just Dave. What is what we're doing? You better follow. Just lay back. You, you voted. We prayed. And we're still in the process. And, and, and it's really encouraging to me to see it as I come and tag along with you guys as a, as a family member of yours. And another example, because I want you to see as, as a body, as a, as, as a new hope coming together. Uh, and I want, to, I want you to see it in your personal life. This is not just so Sundays or when we go to the center to do work. This is every day. Uh, I'll use a, a personal example. Michaela and I, three months ago through class, I, I was taking um, 
talking about the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And my professor made it very, very simple for us. He said, sometimes we make it too complicated. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Or how do we let the Spirit work through us? And he just, don't overthink it. Pray a simple prayer. Say, Holy Spirit, guide our steps. It could be you wake up, your mind starts racing, you stop and you say, Holy Spirit, guide our steps. Michaela and I started doing that together sometimes, sometimes apart. Took three months or so. Um, and we, we, got a, we got a reply from, from, from God. And, and I was hoping more of like, you shall become this or you should do this. Or, no, it was more of like, um, you have to be obedient to me. And you have to rely on me on this area. And it was like, oh, so the guiding of the steps led us to obedience. And it hurts because it's not what we're expecting. But if I speak to you, the blessing that has come through that step of obedience, through what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So be led by the Spirit in, this, in, in, in obedience, people. And I left this for last in this second point that we, we focus on the leading, but what is the result? We're his children. We're his children. It's, it's, this is not a, a, a mean God on the top saying, do this, do that. He's a, a, a heavenly father that cares and loves us and brings us into his family. And that's what we're going to see in the next um, point and verse. My third point is, Christians, believers, are adopted by God through the Holy Spirit. We, we come to God, we, 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 we laid at the base of the cross of Jesus, and, and, and everything changes. But in that moment, something beautiful happens. We truly, in that moment, we're sealed, and we become the sons and daughters of our holy God. It's uh, the, the verses, the way they say it, I'm going to read it to you. It's verses 15 and 16. Pay attention to the, to the language Paul is using. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption. By whom we cry out, people cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. You see how it's, it's, like, it's like Paul was caught on a wave of worship and, and of, of the loving reality that we are adopted into God's family. And, and, and that cry now, that's the actual spirit, that's the actual emotion that Paul was portraying. When you say with the, the word Abba, you probably have heard it before, is a, a transliteration from Aramaic that means, sometimes we say it in English, Daddy, but it's more like dear father. It's a respectful, loving father that we have. And, and, and out of this, what I, what I want to use so you guys can take it and eat it and chew it and use it this week, is that that's where our identity comes from after we become believers. We are sons and daughters of, of God. And a very practical way that we can think of is, it's our language. It's very simple, sounds very simple. 
but it's how we talk, how I talk sometimes. I say I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with depression, struggle with anger, struggle with comfort. And, and that language, it's really truly not helpful for us because we are defining ourselves even though we don't know we're doing it. Our identity is coming from the things that we're struggling with when it's actually not true. What is our identity? You're a son, you're a daughter of God. So change the language. I'm, I'm, it, it's very simple. It may sound like, oh yeah, well, just change the language, but do it. Say, I am a son of God that happens to struggle with anxiety. I'm a daughter of God that happens to be dealing with depression. The hope that that will invest in you by the power of the Holy Spirit will actually shift the way you think about yourself. And then you will start shifting your view and looking unto God, not unto the situation that's in front of you, not on what's breaking you down or tearing you down. It's who's going to lift you up and conform you. So identity, people. Now I'm going to move to my last and fourth point. And as we keep this main idea of being led by the Spirit, we have the first was a command to put sin to death by the power of the Spirit. The second was the truth, that we're obedient. And because we're obedient to the Spirit, because He allows us to be obedient, we are His children. And He expands it and says that Spirit that we receive is the, 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 the second truth, is our identity as sons and daughters. And then He finishes off in verse 17 with something very beautiful. My fourth point, as God's children... We are heirs of God. Language of inheritance and all of those things, it might be something that we understand, but we truly do not live in those times where you're an heir to something. It was something big. Now we're a little more individualistic, more of like, I'm going to build my own kingdom type of thing for my own people. We, did, we didn't rely or we don't rely on our fathers and mothers and who those were before us. But this is huge. This is looking into the future and knowing what we actually have. And something very simple, but it, it, it might drive what I'm trying to say home is if I were to tell you that you have a rich uncle that's going to kick the bucket in 10 years, it's going to leave you $500 million. You, you will not be sitting down the, where you're at right now. Me neither. I'll be jumping. Oh, let's go. I'll be thinking the ways I'm going to, I'll be thinking the ways I'm going to spend that money. But we truly must understand what is it that we have in Christ, the riches of his glorious inheritance. It's more than we can ever imagine, people. And, and, and holding on to that reality that we are spiritually billionaires. And we don't have to wait for the full expression, which it will be glorious. It will be glorious. But today, brother and sister, son and daughter of God, you have that. You are not spiritually bankrupt. You're a billionaire. So... Go to the spiritual ATM and, and you can withdraw a lot every day. You need it. You cannot live 
If you're a billionaire, you cannot live like you can't buy a hot dog in the corner. Live like a spiritual billionaire. And it's not, again, I'll keep saying it, it's not because of our strength or what we can do. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you. Holy God living inside of you. And I have nothing more to say than all of this that I've been saying, and I'll repeat it because I just wanted a main point, clear point. And use it. Everything that I told you, I gave you a command. The first main point is be led by the Spirit. So church, I commissioned you, be led by the Spirit. And I gave you four things. Grab one. I don't, I don't use all four, but grab one this week. The command, you want to grab the command? Put sin to death, do it by the Spirit. You want to be obedient to God by what the Spirit is doing in you? Do it. Be obedient to what God tells you this week. Take your identity as a son and daughter of God. That's the second truth. And the last one, live as a spiritual billionaire because of what God has in store for us. So church, that's what God has for you today. So again, I'll say it again. Be led by the Spirit. Let me pray for you. Thank you, God, for, thank you for your word. Thank you for your message that you have for your people. Thank you for giving us ears to hear and hearts to believe. Lord, I pray that the truths that you have given us into these specific verses, Lord, that they will be a reality for us. That you, Holy Spirit, will be the one leading us into obedience, into our identity, into our glorious inheritance that we carry on you and that we will choose life and put sin to death to bring you glory and honor lord it's all because of you the glory belongs to you alone thank you lord we love you and we praise you in the holy name of jesus we say amen